Welcome, guys, to episode 41 of the Players Experience Podcast. On today's episode, we have pro women's hockey player Ailish Forfar joining us to talk about her career with the Markham Thunder, as well as her time with Dartmouth and Ryerson, what it was like for the transition between those two schools after an injury sustained at Dartmouth. As well, we're going to be talking about what the feeling was like when the CWHL folded and what the new NWHL uh, is doing for women's hockey and what the future of women's hockey holds. Before we bring Ailish on to chat, of course, we would like to recognize and thank our production team, Jay Salty Photography, for the work that they do each and every week with our photos and videos. So if you like what you see, make sure to hit them up on Instagram, give them a follow, and reach out to them if you need anything as well. And remember, guys, we have uh, discount codes for Hush Blankets and the Great North Apparel available on our Instagram page, Players Experience Podcast as well. So make sure to hit those um, coupon codes up if you need a product from those two companies. And also, guys, if you haven't already, make sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, Hit the little bell as well so you're notified when a new podcast episode comes out each and every week. Uh, You will not be disappointed. And now, without further ado, Let's bring Ailish on and start talking about some women's hockey and her career. All right, Ailish, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm staying safe and indoors. <laughs> that's good. I know it's such a crazy time right now, especially with everything that's happening uh, in our world and in our communities. It's insane, but um, hey, we're, we're here. We're rolling through it and uh, vaccines are coming. So we're, we're uh, hopefully by the end of 2021, we'll be kind of set to go, hopefully, but uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Um, I just, I was really impressed by like your hockey career. I wanted to get you on the show to talk about your hockey past, uh, your experience, and so much more. Um, so I wanted to find out where did the passion for hockey really get started with you? And at what age did you know you wanted to make a career out of it? Yeah, so I was lucky to be one of those kind of storybook things. You grow up in small town in northern type of Ontario. So I was in Sutton. If anybody knows where Sutton is, like bonus mark for you. Um, I grew up there. I had an older brother, Jordan, who was four years older. So I kind of like followed in his footsteps. He played hockey. I wanted to play hockey. And, you know, my parents were, you know, willing to put us in all the camps, everything, summer hockey, winter hockey. Um, They were awesome with that. So it just became a passion, I think around four years old, I think was the first time I ever skated and looking up at what my brother was doing, wanting to be like him. So I definitely owe a lot to like my family helping me uh, push through, like, you know, being the only girl on a team and having to drive all over Northern Ontario and Southern Ontario to, to get to where I was. But I think uh, mostly that grew up watching a lot of hockey as well and a lot of sports with my family, big Leafs fan, um, through it all so uh, definitely inspired by the NHL and you know my brother's career path but didn't have a lot of females to look up to when I was starting um, just the Olympics every four years so hoping that one day you know there's more accessibility girls can watch girls all the time not just every four years so kind of how I started and glad I did. <laughs> That's great now you started your career at just 16 years old with the Toronto Arrows where you had two huge years putting up uh, 55 points in 60 games, which is remarkable. Uh, and you also made playoffs both of those years as well. What was the mindset for you when you started playing with the Arrows, uh, kind of going into those two years and putting up those kind of numbers? Yeah, so I played boys hockey basically my entire like youth, you know, AAA. Um, and then when I moved to girls, the Toronto Arrows were the, you know, 
the big organization. They had the most success, the most like pathways to university. And at, as a, at the time, as a female hockey player, university and maybe the Olympics are your kind of only career path. So getting an opportunity to play for the Arrows for, you know, my entire high school career was awesome. Um, they definitely had the most scouts at games. They had the best reputation. So I, I loved playing for them. It was a really cool organization. And I played alongside some really amazing players, which helped me get those points. Trust me, it wasn't just me. Um, you know, my line mate basically the whole time uh, is an Olympian, Laura Stacy. So I was really lucky that, you know, we were close friends and we were basically center and wing the whole time. Um, but yeah, I think I look back at those years, like that high school experience as, you know, that stepping stone where you realize there can be something more for you. It's, it's easy to be a girl and like be passionate about hockey, but not see a career path. But I think when I had a little bit of, maybe I hit my, my peak in high school in terms of my hockey career, getting me ready for university. So I was lucky the arrows, you know, lots of scouts and ended up being able to go to a D one school and then down the road, play pro and all that stuff. But I think it definitely helped to play in the GTA for a big reputable team because uh, all those opportunities kind of just came to me because I was right in the moment. That's fantastic. And we're definitely going to talk about your pro career, especially with the Marker <laughs> Thunder. Um, but before we get to that point, you headed to Dartmouth College and played four years in the NCAA before transitioning back to Ryerson University. How was it for you as a mindset to go out east, like leave Toronto, go out east, play your four years there, and then return back home to Toronto um, and head up Ryerson? Yeah. Um, oh, amazing. I, I'm one of the few women's hockey players I think that have had an opportunity to play NCAA and youth sports um just because I had an injury when I was at Dartmouth I got to redshirt one year and I guess with the uh eligibility if you don't play one season you can bring that season back home and play two in Canada so in the moment devastating I had hip surgery lost the whole year I thought I was never gonna play again but found a positive that I was able to play in both leagues and kind of get that understanding of what youth sports versus NCAA is and um you know, it's a bit nerve wracking leaving home at 18 to go to the United States and play hockey and go to a, a brand new school. But uh, my teammates were incredible. The organization at Dartmouth College is like top tier, everything. You felt like you were a, a legitimate professional um, playing hockey there and they treated you so well. So no, nothing negative, amazing experience. I definitely say that young girls should aspire to try to play collegiate hockey, whether it's NCAA D1, D3, or youth sports, because I've you know done two out of three of those. And then coming back home to Ryerson after I graduated to do a second degree, um, never stop learning. <laughs> I definitely saw like, a lot of differences between NCAA and youth sports, but really excited, obviously, to have both opportunities. And I see the Canadian sports game growing substantially. So I was glad to be a part of that. And Ryerson's definitely an up-and-coming program as well and I got to play at Maple Leaf Garden so that's pretty sweet. Um, so both experiences quite different in terms of schools in terms of um, you know my role on the team but I learned a lot about myself as a student as a player and it only helps you you know to have those opportunities in your professional career and how you are as a leader uh, for example. So I, I've been so lucky to play for both. Um, I mean yeah, I, I don't know many other people that have got to do that. So I definitely think I have a good perspective on what it's like to be a university student and play hockey and how to make that work. So it helps me in my career down the road because time management, multitasking and having a million things on the go is kind of like what it's going to be like for me forever. So I think I've mastered that so far. And hey, definitely you have because 
Yeah. School, like you said, you never stop learning. I took advertising marketing in school thinking like, oh yeah, I'm good. Like I, I've done my three years and like, you know, I'm, I'm good after high school. And then I was like, yeah, I really need to get into sports. I went back for another sport, uh, year of sport management. So it's, it's crazy how it never stops learning and, uh, never. Yeah. And then it's cool how actually the NCAA, how you mentioned how if you get injured for one year, you can transfer that to two years um, in the future with a Canadian, like with, um, uh, sorry, like with Ryerson. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. you ended up playing those two years with Ryerson, again, putting up 23 points in 21 games and making playoffs once again with them. Um, how much work and dedication went into that season uh, to put up those numbers again? And what was, again, like you said, uh, you were devastated off the injury, but again, you get to kind of showcase your talent and your skill with Ryerson. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, once again, super fortunate because I was coming in as a freshman, basically, but I was four years older than everyone had played. You know, I've been in the NCAA circle for four more years, so I definitely came in with an upper edge. You know, I was one of the best players in our league, and I took that responsibility, you know, quite important because Ryerson had really not been able to crack a playoff push for a while. So, you know, in my first year, I was assistant captain, which is hard coming into a brand new team, being a freshman, but being a leader on the team immediately. But my coach saw that in me. And I thought that was awesome because I, I you know, I thrive under that leadership opportunity. And by my second year, um, I was the captain of the team and, you know, had, had a really good season. Oh, oh, broke some, you know, local records, which was really fun for the organization because it puts you on the map and it shows like prospective students that you want to come play for a team that has that level of excellence. So I ended up helping volunteer coach. I don't think I told you this before, but volunteer coach and, and be a coach with Ryerson my final two years doing my degree. So I was still involved with the team. Um, and I still think about, you know, what's next being a coach with that organization would be amazing because it really did help shape my career in terms of what I've done, you know, in sports afterwards. But it took a lot of uh, dedication and hard work to come back and do another degree and also work at the same time. Like I was working, I was trying to get my professional career going. Um, and then I was playing hockey and coaching and doing all these things. So I honestly think if I hadn't, you know, got that framework, my first degree, understood all that about me, like you go through a lot when you're in university, you got to figure out like how to have a social life, how to, you know, call home once in a while and talk to your family, how to also manage sleep and everything. So like doing it twice, I thought I definitely figured it out by then. Um, so it definitely made it a little bit easier that second time around. But um, yeah, I, I, both experiences were incredible. And I don't know, I'm just really, really proud of myself for doing that and uh, finding that passion because I don't think I would be where I am professionally if I didn't, you know, go back and, and take a step backwards to get another degree because a lot of my friends were just like, well, I'm just going to go start working. So different career paths for sure, but it's, it's certainly paid off for me. And as you should feel proud because that's a huge accomplishment in itself. Again, yeah. graduating school is one thing, but when you're juggling so many different aspects in life mm-hmm. and sports, mm-hmm. like I know from my sports side, like the amount of uh, dedication from at the gym, I, home workouts, uh, meeting oh, yeah. practices, like there's so much involved that it's insane. Mm-hmm. And like your schedule is like, a standard nine to five does not exist anymore. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like at 7am till maybe 1am sleep for six hours, back up and rotate again. So it's uh, right. <laughs> I definitely should be proud. Now talking about that leadership that you had with Ryerson with the assistant captain and then captain C and, and also noting that you're like your coach saw you as a leader. A lot of individuals uh, in sport have a mentor that helped guide them to success 
who would be someone in your life that would be like your biggest mentor that helped push you to success? Yeah. Um, someone that's totally not related to sport, which is interesting, but, um, you know, my mentor, kind of my inspiration, I guess, growing up was my grandmother. So we actually called her Baba because she's Bulgarian and, um, she immigrated like during the war. She's seen a lot in her life. Um, she came to Canada with nothing, no money, and she built a life for herself. She built a family and she was like the most dedicated and driven woman I had ever met. Um, and she actually lived with us for the last 10 years of her life before she passed. And so she passed when I was in, at Ryerson. So she had been, you know, a part of that whole career, my whole hockey career growing up, she would come to my games and, you know, she broke in English, but she would love hockey. She loved seeing her grandkids succeed. Um, and she'd always give me like life lessons about what it's like to struggle and emerge and what it's like to, you know, have adversities because we're all going to have them. She's faced many in her life, but you know, maybe it's your perspective that changes or maybe it's leaning on others. And she gave me just such great life experience um, from the day I was born to the day she passed at 99 years old. Um, So she, yeah, she had seen quite a lot um, and definitely been a rock for me. And it's funny because she didn't have any understanding of hockey. You know, she wasn't a She didn't know the X's and O's, but she knew like what it meant to be a good athlete, what it meant to be a good person was, you know, those are the values you carry throughout your life. So I definitely would say my grandmother, my Baba would be someone that um, definitely shaped me. She's my mom's mom. We were really close. um, And so we were fortunate to have her in our house and live with us for the last 10 years. and, And she was a trooper. So she would be that person for me. And then I've also like, to know had a lot of incredible coaches and I think that my relationship with my coaches um for example Ken Dufton so he he was my coach um for the Toronto Arrows and uh, at the private school I went to Bishop Strong School so he coached me for for two different teams and then he ended up being a coach at Ryerson when I came back so I've had Ken in my life since like maybe 2008 and um and he's just like the most dedicated coach I think he coaches like six teams at the same time. Like, I don't know how this guy sleeps, but he's seen, he's coached the national team. He's coached everywhere. And he just understands like, you know, the connection that athletes have with the game. And he really pushes you and knows you as a person and not just as, you know, a forward or a D or someone that he wants to get to university. He really cares about you as a person. So, you know, he's, he's definitely inspired me to have more of a relationship with coaching. And maybe I see myself doing that down the road. Um, But he would be my, you know, my coach that I would lean on throughout those pivotal years, high school, you know, going away to private school, going away to university, I would call him and be like, I'm stressed about this. Like, how do I get more ice time? Or like, I'm not on the power play. And he's like, you know what, like, keep working hard, you're gonna, you're gonna earn your chance. And he just, he was just a wonderful coach. Um, so those two, I would say, obviously, my parents and everyone has been very helpful throughout all this. But if I had to pick, you know, a coach and, and a person, it would be my baba and Ken. You know what, I'm actually kind of glad that you picked those two individuals, because a lot of times, it's our parents, and rightfully so, they grow up, they uh, grew up with you, they taught you all the rights mm-hmm. and wrongs. Uh, and what to do, what not to do, but uh, it's always kind of refreshing when you kind of have those other um, external individuals in your life that uh, make such an impact as well. Mm -hmm. Now, you last played for the Markham Thunder in 2018 and 2019 before the league disbanded. I have to ask, I think that was the same year that a friend of mine I went to high school with also played uh, Ellie Seedhouse. Oh, um, definitely sounds familiar. Not on my team, though. She played. she was the year before me? Maybe. I know she was with the Thunder. 
Um, oh, maybe the year before me. Maybe, but yeah, I was gonna say uh, it would have been cool to be like, hey, how that would have been cool. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. I'm sure we've played together at some point, but it wasn't that year, unfortunately. Aww. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, but what was the feeling like for you when the news broke about the CWHL and it disbanding and not being around anymore? Honestly, shocking. I, I We had no idea this was going to happen. It was just the regular, like, conference call that we signed on for um and I remember I had a speakerphone when I was cooking like it was just like okay we're gonna have this conference call postseason thinking and I honestly went into it thinking we were going to be expanding like you know oh we got more sponsors we're gonna have a new team so I like had the complete opposite idea of what was going on um so when I was listening I'm like cooking I'm like what did I just say and I like went over to the phone to, to re-listen and yeah it was just like no heads up and we're cutting ties this is it um I was really devastated because it was my first and only year um obviously I wasn't you know the most impactful player on the ice um I was a rookie I was you know still getting my feet wet and what it meant to be a pro but the things that I loved most about playing professionally were when we go to the rink and we'd see hundreds of fans hundreds of fans is better than zero fans and um I had played in rinks growing up where or even in pro or college where you have like just your parents are there. So we were building a fan base. And the best part about that was it was young girls, young boys. And after the game, you know, you'd be in the lobby and by the time you cool down, you shower or whatever, like it's been like 30, 40 minutes after the game, you come out to lobby. It's still packed with people that want to have photos with you. They want your autograph. Like I'm signing autographs. Like I got one shift. I don't care. Like this girl's like, can I get your autograph? And like, there's no way you even saw me on the ice, but sure. I'll sign your stuff. Like, I just think of that accessibility of being able to go to a game and talk to a professional athlete literally right after the game. It doesn't happen anywhere else. You can't go to the Leafs game and hang out at Scotiabank and talk to Mitch Marner after. So if you're a young player, like, oh, I just love going out into the lobby afterwards and talking to the girls and young boys that were coming, like, where do you play? You know, what's your goal in life? And a lot of them said, I want to play pro. I want to be a professional hockey player. So when the league folded, like, that was my first thought, like, how much that you know, sets the game back, that understanding of having that connection with these young girls and boys. So I was pretty upset, um, obviously. But I think, you know, the unity of the players banding together to do the PWHPA, and I know there's still so many questions to be answered. And like, of course, it doesn't happen overnight. And there's another league that is a totally viable option to play in. It's just like, I think that I'm really proud of the PWHPA for seeing this setback as an opportunity right and it's so easy to see a league folding as like oh let's give up right so I think there's a lot to be said for the players that did band together to create this new you know uh, players union but I was really really upset to hear that the CWHL folded but I do think you know only good things can come from what where we are now and I'm hopefully able to be a part of what's next and and just think about you know one day if I have a daughter I would love for her to have something that she can look up to and that doesn't happen overnight so we gotta be patient. (laughs) Now talking about that again like Rome wasn't built in a day mentality around it Uh, you look at now the uh, NWHL and the Toronto Six what do you think of kind of like that league? And do you think there will be more teams to rise to join the league in the future from Canada? And do you think that the players from the CWHL will ultimately um, play on these teams? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I can, I know there's a lot of tension um, between the NWHL and the PWHPA and you see it on Twitter and you see it, you know, with kind of this 
un, like this there it's just tension and I don't understand it and as a player all I want is something that we can all be united on and it's difficult now and I think the reason why is because there's a lot of pride involved and that's something that's great there's a lot of very powerful and driven women that are doing what they're doing and so sometimes it's hard to think maybe a step backwards is what gets us forward and I think you know what it, it's it, there's a positive in that that they're both both are pushing forward trying to make it work but at one point you know there might be a time where there needs to be someone moving back, someone thinking, let's just figure this out. So I'm not involved in any of those decisions, but I am really excited to see a team come to Toronto. You know, there's, there's nothing negative about that. There's, you know, an opportunity for girls right here to play professional hockey. So how can you say anything negative about a new team in a new city, new market, hopefully with fans when COVID ends, with girls and boys being able to come to the games? Like, I can't argue with that. Like, that's an amazing opportunity. And whether, you know, you're an NWHL fan or a PWHBA fan, I think we kind of need to view it as we're fans of women's sports, right? Mm -hmm. And I think as a player, I, you know, I will support anyone I know that wants to go play in the NWHL or doesn't or wants to stick it out and wait to see what happens next with the PWHPA like I understand that um, but I definitely want to see a little bit less like hostility uh, uh, surrounding this um, I actually know a couple people that are on the NWHL team obviously we've all played together we know each other and like I'm never gonna think wow how dare you right like go and chase your goals like I know people that went over to the K, the women's KHL. Like, I don't care. That's amazing. I mean, that's a huge step for you to go play pro somewhere. And there's a lot of people that play pro in Europe. Like, it's not as intense as it needs to be. Like, you just want to support each other. So excited for the Toronto Six. I think that's a really incredible opportunity. I will definitely go watch their games when we can. I will support women's hockey. And obviously, whatever happens next, you know, I want to just be able to push the game forward. That's great. And yeah, it's such an optimistic look on things because you're right. We do see everything on Twitter and, and the whole, the key message around women in sports is we want to get more women in sports out there and, and involved mm -hmm. and included. And uh, it's only, I think, a matter of time until we see more and more of that, those opportunities right. kind of rise to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Now talking outside of the ice for a minute, um, up until last year you worked with Yahoo Sports Canada and since then you've worked with the Leafs as well as Sportsnet. <laughs> what has it been like for you to start your journey, um, like journey of sport um, and share your experiences off the ice through these organizations while writing some quality content? Yeah, it's been so much fun. Um, really lucky that I live in Toronto, a hub of sports news and also a hub of lots of, you know, opportunities to work in. I think if you live in Toronto, you know, it's competitive to get these jobs, Sportsnet, TSN, The Score, Yahoo, like, there's not a lot of places, they're all looking for the same type of driven people. So I've been fortunate to work um, for some of these big names, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And um, as a woman in sports, I take that opportunity, you know, really personally as well, because a lot of what we see growing up are white males. So I definitely want to help change that narrative and be a woman that is succeeding in that industry. So I take a little bit of that personally when, you know, I got laid off three times during COVID, like that's difficult, but I see that as an opportunity to strive for something more and to keep pushing, right? Keep creating content, whether it's just my own podcast, whether it's something just for fun or whether I'm just being engaged online, like it's, uh, it's definitely an opportunity to put yourself out there. Um, but yeah, creating content in this day and age, especially through what we just went through through the pandemic, um, well, still going through, I guess. 
is a very fun opportunity too. We got to launch this show at Sportsnet that was a virtual, you know, uh, virtual show with Steve Dangle and I that was like a chat room with a bunch of fans and like that's something they wouldn't have really done if COVID didn't exist. So maybe there's a new opportunity for content creators because of this new digital world we live in. So I see opportunities for, for people coming up in the industry to thrive and also for people like me that have had their feet wet and some things to, to find out where you, where you want to be for the next year or two, right? So I think being a player, especially working in hockey, can't ask for anything more I'm you know living your your dream job basically every day talking about hockey thinking about hockey talking about players like it's awesome um I would love to continue doing that so if anyone wants to hire me hit me up um but uh yeah I mean I just I think Toronto is a great place to work um it's a great place to connect with people as well like there's a lot of people in the industry that want to help you that want to help you push forward that want to just run your resume by me or like let me see your demo reel so I think we're really lucky to live in the GTA area where there's a lot of people looking for the same jobs, but also like, you know, keeps you competitive, right? You, you know, you can't slack off because someone's going to snatch that job up. So good environment to work in. I love working in sports and I definitely see myself there long-term. So been fortunate so far, but not going to settle and I keep pushing. That's great. And yeah, someone I uh, talked to on a previous episode of the podcast um, had said that there, someone's always going to have your hand near your pocket. And if the mm-hmm. second you let your guard down, they're going to snatch your lunch money. And that's the same kind of idea with the jobs is that they're, they're going to try and push to get the job over you, right? Mm-hmm. So you always have to just kind of persevere and get that angle. And I have to say, the show that you and Steve had was great quality. Oh, that's so nice. I'm actually like acquaintances slash friends, I guess, if you will, with Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known him for many years. Uh, he always participates in the Eric Lindros Celebrity Classics. Mm-hmm. So we kind of formed a friendship over there. So uh, the banter that the two of you had was priceless half the time. It was great. Yeah, we had a good time. We, Steve and I had never met before that show, which is crazy because really? people were, yeah, they're like, you guys have the best on-air chemistry. I'm like, we literally called each other the day before the show. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, I know all about you. And he's like, I don't know anything about you. So we figured it out really quick and it was so much fun. Uh, it's too bad. We haven't really figured out what's next in terms of that. You know, obviously there's a lot going on with the NHL in terms of it relaunch and everything, but we did have a really good time. Um, I loved our Wednesday shows and getting in the chat with people. Like it was fun. It was chirpy. It was like, it was like in a locker room. So I enjoyed it a lot. That's great. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot Steve a message and be like, hey, right. get this back up and running. Do what you need to do. Talk to the powers that be. That, Good. Yeah, get you it tell them. <laughs> um, now, on the topic of like hockey and a Canadian team, I want to chat for a second about you playing on Team Canada just a couple years ago uh, at the 2019 Winter uh, Universe Sade, uh Tournament, if I pronounced that correctly. Um, yes. What was it like for you to not only be selected for that team but be and be able to play for Team Canada, but also get to represent Toronto in the process? Oh, like, I can't, like, a dream come true doesn't even cut it. So, you know, yeah, I have my jersey still, like, here, and I think about it often with, you know, that opportunity to put the logo on and, and represent your country, represent you know, your local community represent women's hockey. It was awesome. Um, we were in Krasnoyarsk, Russia. So if you want to look that up one day, you fly to Moscow and then you fly another six hours east into the middle of nowhere in Siberia. Yeah. So think about like the most remote place in the world. That's where we were. 
which is so cool because I would probably never go there in my life. So an opportunity to travel, an opportunity to see a new culture. Um, and we were put up in this, you know, basic, basically an Olympic village. It had everything the Olympians would have. It was just the most incredible experience. You have the opening ceremonies where you walk out, they say, Team Canada, and you walk out with a flag and you're waving, you're covered in face paint. And it's just like, holy smokes, this is the coolest thing ever. Like the entire stadium was filled with people. You're representing Canada. You step on the ice and, you know, you have that logo and you think like, wow, I had chills every time. Um, I was also fortunate to be the assistant captain, which is like, God, like I just have a leadership opportunity at that level was incredible as well. Um, You know, unfortunately, we lost the gold medal game to the Russians, which was tough, uh, definitely bitter, but the cool opportunity to even just be there was worth it all coming home with the silver medal. You know what? It's just a little bit of fire into you for the next time that the team will go. Um, you know, there's a, there's a tradition of them going every year or every other year to the tournament. And, um, Oh, so, so cool. I think I took like 7 million photos while I was there and I made a lot of new friends that people I had never played with across Canada, which was really cool. Um, usually you, you end up playing in the same circle. So I met basically 25 new girls, um, new coaches I'd never had before. You know, when we were there, we would talk to people from different countries all the time. You made friends from all over the world. Um, You know, we were really, for some reason, got really close with the Japanese hockey team and they were the best people. Like I actually would hang out with them. We would hang out with them all the time. And when they were rivals on the ice, they play each other in like the quarterfinals or something. And they were such sweet people and also like so dedicated at growing the game. Like obviously you always hear Canada, USA. At that point, Russia was, it was Canada, Russia, USA, Japan, and then quite a gap in terms of the next team. So you got to play um, a Switzerland team that you're going to, you know, blow out 10 nothing, but at the same time, you're showing them like what it's like to be at that elite level. You get to talk to them. You get to, you know, they can learn your system. Afterwards, we had talked about like, oh, we go to university and this is what we, you know, we work on while we're there. Nutrition, healthy habits, sleep, you know, this is how we train off the ice. So in the end, you want to grow the game of women's hockey worldwide. You got to go to things like this. You got to, you know, got to push other teams as well, or else it's always going to be those big two or three teams. And it's kind of, you know, unfair at times. So amazing opportunity. I would love to, you know, continue doing something a little bit more worldwide perspective in women's hockey. You know, I know Haley Wickenizer has her Wix Fest, which is something that really cool where she has kids from all over the world that are learning hockey, like, you know, Nepal, like stuff like that, where it's like, I want to be a part of something growing the game outside of North America too. So really cool global perspective and God and playing with team Canada is like literally a dream come true. So have nothing negative to say about it, maybe except for getting silver, but next time. (laughs) Oh, and that's all fantastic experiences. And like you said, the athletes village alone is an experience itself. Um, I know for me, like I play uh, softball with the Special Olympics and we've been to the Nationals a couple times. We almost made it to the Worlds, except Dubai didn't end up hosting softball as a sport at the last World Games. So like, that's my bitterness. I was like, because we we won gold at the last Nationals in 2018. Mm -hmm. We like had... Um, done really, really well. We went 7-0. We were, I think, the first – no one's corrected me yet. So um, we were the first team uh, to represent, like, a uh, province in at a national mm-hmm. tournament and go undefeated in that tournament. Um, so we're really excited. We're like, oh, Dubai's next. And then we get a notice being like, 
sorry guys, Dubai doesn't have softball, so yeah, out of luck. And that's we're like, too bad. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Oh, that's too bad. But uh, but you know what? It is what it is. We persevere, and then uh, mm-hmm. our, our minds are now set on whenever the next provincial national world games are. Obviously, exactly. everything's delayed because of COVID, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I wanted to find out from you, though. You've had so many experiences through your career and through your coaching and or your volunteer coaching at Ryerson and so much more. What would be your words of wisdom, uh, or sorry, your advice in a section I like to call words of wisdom um, to the next generation of athletes and female skaters that want to kind of pursue the sport of hockey? Well, a lot. <laughs> but if um, I'm thinking hockey-wise, if you want to be a professional athlete, um, we'll start with that realm. I think there is a lot of uncertainty. You know, when you start out, there's no league to aspire to yet. You know, there's nothing really, you know, you're not going to make millions and millions of dollars like Sidney Crosby. But you're going to be able to learn these valuable life lessons that actually will create you a better future. You know, you're going to become a better human. You're going to make so many friends. You're going to make so many lasting um, you know, lessons you're going to learn. So if I think of that, like I never at, at the age four thought about what hockey would provide to me. But now as a 26 year old, I look back and reflect like my entire being is shaped around the lessons I've learned from sports from the people I've met from the opportunities to travel, to learn about global cultures, to, you know, push myself past my comfort zones at times, um, the educational opportunities I've gotten, scholarships, awards like those things have shaped who I am now that I've stopped playing hockey and I can't imagine my life without that platform that I started the first time I put my skates on so I think of that as a tremendous opportunity to learn about yourself and you know create a future in the sport and then when that ends you think about the rest of your life that you've kind of created for yourself and so I, you know, I can't speak highly enough about the values that you learn as an athlete, you know, even if it's not hockey, you know, I know so many wonderful people through colleges and through sports that have played a different sport and have the exact same kind of feelings that I have towards being an athlete. And I think, um, you know, you don't have to be a pro, you don't have to play for Team Canada, you can be a beer leaguer for your whole life, you can play house league, you can, you know, you can make it to whatever level you want. It's just about those lessons. Those are those are universal, you know, whether you're an elite athlete, like I was lucky to be, or you just love the game and you want to be involved. There's no way that, you know, you'll know what it'll bring to you unless you give it a try. So I'm, I love coaching at grassroots levels, you know, whether I'm in the GTA area or with the Ryerson team, like I find giving back is something I'm very passionate about because I totally understand the person I've become through sports. That would be my like advice, you know, just give it a go, understand that, you know, it can be something more than just your future, it can be something a hobby, it can be something that allows you just to meet new people and and it'll take you as far as you'd like it to be. And if I think sport media wise in my profession, um, I would say, you know, it is also another very uncertain environment for young girls growing up to be. You don't see a lot of people like you and, um, you know, you're kind of pushing, breaking that glass ceiling, if you may, looking to try to be the first to do this or the first to coach at this level or the first to be a GM here, or maybe you're the first to host a show, but one day you won't have to be the first. You'll be, you know, building on that platform of other people that have done it before you and you'll have this community. And I find that being a woman broadcaster or writer or producer, like I do all those things. There are a lot of 
females that want to help each other and a lot of guys as well. And I think there's a wonderful community when you get here and it's a fun, it's every day is different. So push yourself to, you know, chase your dreams because it can be scary at first, but as I said, you don't know until you've given it a try. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have hockey as something that's, you know, guided me and then also my career path as well. So yeah, I mean, I'll say it. If anyone ever watches this and wants to reach out to me for any reason for sports or for, you know, my hockey background and wants advice or you want job advice or you're an up and coming broadcaster, I love to help and I would love to connect with you. So, you know, that's something I'm still passionate about is trying to make it so I'm not the only one in the boardroom. You know, I'm not the only one on the network. I want to have, you know, a bunch of, of strong females with me. So the more the merrier. That's great. Some great words of wisdom. And where can they find you? Or like, what's the best way of contacting you um, if they want to reach Yeah, I have, I mean, my social channels are my full name, Ailish Forfar, A-I-L-I-S-H-F-O-R-F-A-R. It's a tough one. Um, so Instagram and Twitter are, you know, I'm on those most of the time. And my LinkedIn is also something that I'm proud of. You can look at all my work experience on there. I also have a personal website, ailishforfar.com, where you can also look at some of the other things I've done. Um, but honestly, any format, I'll be checking. I think my all my messages platforms are open. So if there's something you want to ask about or you need advice, I'm there and I will respond. And I would love to help mentor anyone that needs it. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show today. Really appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, for everyone watching, hit her up. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get the next generation of future skaters up and going in uh, sooner rather than later. I agree. Well, thanks so much for having me. And it's lovely to share my experience and help other people hopefully down the road. Awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much to Ailish for joining us today. And thank you to everyone for viewing this episode. We appreciate the support each and every week that you guys have been showing us. Uh, and until next week, stay healthy, stay safe. And we look forward to um, having you tune into next week's episode as well. Until then, guys, take care.